return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. One of the hard things about our ministry is uh, saying goodbye for now to people and to know that as people come and some of you that are studying and so forth, we understand that someday you also will go some other place, probably. Maybe not. If you don't, hallelujah. But for us pastoring here, this is... This is uh, this is, it's a sending church for training and sending people and so forth to be blessed, to be a blessing in the world. Some of you are watching today that have been alumni of the Tabernacle and you've been to South Dakota State University in Brookings and we bless you today in the name of Jesus and glad you're watching. And some of you are church families that are still at home and we bless you in the name of Jesus and glad that you're safe and healthy in Jesus' name. And some of you are watching from other countries. Some of you we have not met yet, but others we have. But we bless you in the name of Jesus, and we're glad that you're watching today. Most of you are Christians, but some of you are not. And we welcome you to be in our service here today and to know that Jesus Christ loves you very much. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. So I just want to say God is so good. Amen? Amen. Exodus chapter 3, verse 8 there's a, there's kind of a line or a statement in there. It says, I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land, from that land to a good and a large land flowing with milk and honey and so forth. So he came down to bring them up. Jesus came down to bring us up. There he brought them into a physical land that was flowing with milk and honey And Jesus Jesus brought us into a land that's gushing full of blessings. New Testament. Amen. So Jesus came down, went to Calvary, died, rose again, ascended into heaven, sent back the Holy Spirit that we might be brought up. So just always remember that. He's an upper. He came down to bring us up. Amen. And then in 2 Corinthians 1.20, he gave us promises. Now, these are great promises, wonderful promises. And that, that are yes in Jesus Christ. Because of what Jesus did now, we can claim these promises of God for our own. Now, a promise is only as good as the person who stands behind the promise. Okay? I could give you a promise and it'd be pretty good. 
But Jesus, who is unlimited, can give us promises and stand behind it with the authority, with all the authority of God. And so those are promises you can bank on. All right. So promises, these are when it says promises, this this deals with scripture. All right. So that's why we should be in scripture. Because if you don't know scripture, you're not going to know promises. You're not going to know things that he's saying. Amen. So you want to be in the scripture to know that all of these promises in the Bible, they're not just for a few elite people. They're not just for pastors. They're not just for Americans. That's for sure. They're for everybody. They're for anybody in Christ Jesus. And it's in him. Notice it's in Jesus Christ. So when you believe, have become a believer in Jesus Christ, these promises become yours. It's like an inheritance that you can draw on for any situation in your life. This is a land gushing with blessings. Amen. So remember, we just said the word is incorruptible, indestructible, ever living. It's a seed. So the Bible that we have today actually is ancient writings. It's not an American book. It's a Middle East book. It wasn't written by white people. Hello. It's a book of the world. It's a book of cultures. All right. So we have to remember that. Now, Joshua 1.9, then it says, God, the Lord is speaking to him. He says, but the Lord is with you wherever you go. Notice that. I commanded you, be strong, be of good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed, discouraged. The Lord is with you wherever you go. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is with you. <clears throat> it's not like he's with us for a moment. He's with us all the time. And he never leaves us. He never leaves us. So I'm talking today again about the whole thing of encouraging yourself. Everybody, everybody needs encouragement. Encouragement is like oxygen to the soul. So if you don't have, if you're not encouraged, you're just not going to breathe right. You're not going to live right, okay? You're going to be always, you know, kind of gasping for life. But encouragement is like oxygen for us. We suck it up, and it helps us to be edified. It helps us to be built up. It helps us to live the Christian life. Amen? See, if your life is full of pessimism, if, if you want to be pessimistic and also down and discouraged, just don't tell people you're a Christian, okay? <laughs> tell them you belong to something else, all right? Because it's not a good witness. Your, witness. your witness is just saying your God isn't big enough to take care of you. All right, when he is, that new song we sang today, he's bigger. I like that. That's a great song, Melody. So he's bigger than anything that you face. So, so we have to remember he's with you wherever you go. He wants you to be encouraged, not discouraged. He wants you to be up and not down. And see, in, sadly, in a lot of places in Christianity, people say, you know, that's really nice, but that's not possible. He leads you into the valleys and so forth. And, I'm, and I have to say, I'm sorry that's not true. That's not New Testament. God is always leading you in a plane like this. It's not a roller coaster. I, I understand sometimes in life we go through things. I understand that. But God's spirit is always this way. It's, it's an upper, all right? So he's not leading you through dark things. doesn't do that. He's leading you by his spirit. He's always trying to bring you up. Now, it's important to be that way because unless you're that way, how can you bless somebody else? You don't feel like witnessing if you're, if you're down and discouraged yourself. Right? You don't feel like witnessing. You, only, you feel like talking about Jesus when you realize, man, he answers prayers and he's so good. 
you want to tell people, you want to broadcast that good news. Amen. Amen. So very important to encourage yourself. You know, God bless you for being here today. Like when you're here in fellowship times or people have seen online as well, we can encourage each other. Amen. And that's good. We edify. We can edify one another. But but we're not always together like this all week long, are we? You know, you don't live at my house. I don't live at your house. So so there's times when you're alone, you have to encourage yourself. Amen. You have to encourage yourself when you wake up on a Tuesday morning and you feel really low. You have to do that. Amen. All right. James three, then. So doing this, then. Just remember this. When you get saved, if, if you get saved, he wants to save all of you. So he wants to save. A, we had an offering time. He wants to save your pocketbook. He wants to save your thoughts, your brain. He wants to save you. He doesn't want to. It's not, it's not good enough to say, well, I got saved. My sins are forgiven. I can go to heaven. No, he's, this transformation is supposed to take place. And one of the things he wants to save is your tongue. Tiny member of your body that we never think about it unless we, unless something's, we bite it or something like that. But your tongue is very, very important. It's critical. So we said last week, Greg is here, our horse, horse uh, uh, master, you know, knows all about the horses. You, you put ho- bits in horses' mouths to lead them around, you know, in their mouth. Ships also or it can be huge ships, but they're driven by the wind. But a very small rudder helps to turn that ship, Right? And it's so, even so, now God gives us an examples to, so to help us understand. And then he says, your tongue, your, the tongue, the little member of your body, but both great things. So your tongue can begin to steer your life. So if I'm going to encourage myself, that isn't encouraging myself with just my thoughts. My thoughts need to come out of my mouth. I'm talking about good thoughts, right? If they're bad thoughts, don't speak them out. But good thoughts, you want to speak out. You want to speak out the blessing of God because when you speak it, your two ears hear it. Some people say, oh, that's just kind of craziness. Well, call it what you want, but it's in the Bible, all right? Verse 9 if you, of James 3, we talked about this. We can bless God or we can bless God, curse God or curse men or whatever. Your tongue has the ability to bless your life or curse your life. So it's like, do you want to bless yourself or curse yourself? Well, you want to bless yourself. Anybody, anybody, common sense says, well, I want to bless myself. Great. So you make a choice now. You're making a choice to choose what comes out of your lips. Remember, your tongue is getting saved here. Amen. <laughs> so you're teaching your tongue. You're teaching your tongue to obey the word of God. So that you can use your tongue wisely. So everybody in this place and everybody listening to me constantly, every day, uses their tongue. Most people don't even stop maybe to think about what they're saying. But how do you talk about yourself? How do you talk about yourself? Something happens. What do you say? You know, I mean, see, it's common. It's come, people say, well, that was stupid. You shouldn't have done that. You're a dummy. People say things all the time about themselves. Good or bad. So you want to begin to use your tongue, teach your tongue on purpose to speak something good about you. Now, why why should you do that? Well, God loves you enough that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to save you. Okay, so if he loves you that much, you should love yourself as well. 
Remember, the Bible says to love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't love yourself, you're never going to love anybody else. So if you don't speak life to yourself, you're never going to speak life to somebody else. Amen? So you have the power to curse yourself or to bless yourself. So this, of course, we're here in this group, and sometimes you think, well, I've got to speak right because we're around other people and so forth. But how do you speak when you're alone? How do you speak on your job? So your words, just because the Bible says this, the Bible's talking about your tongue, your words become very, very important. So Proverbs 24, verse, Proverbs 4, verse 24, excuse me, says, put away a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. So you're going to start teaching your mouth this perverse or forward, forward mouth. You're going to put distortion away from you, right? Perverse, your your your. You're here, you're distorting the facts, deceitful, you're distorting the facts, or perverse lips, or deviation from the truth. So you have to choose to put those things away from you. So how do you, how do you best do that? Well, first of all, you have to listen to yourself. What are you saying? What are you saying each day? And it's not that, of course, we say one of, a lot of things. Boy, it's cloudy today or something like Okay, fine. But what are you saying about you? What are you saying about situations in your life? So you're teaching your mouth to put things away from you that distort facts. Boy, nothing ever good happens to me. Well, that's not true. Well, I just don't see, there's not many blessings in my life. Well, that's not true. You're distorting things. So you're starting to, you're, you're saying things that aren't true. You have to catch yourself and think, wait a minute, is that true? Is that biblically true? So you bring it back to the place to think about it. You know, if I'm going to encourage myself, I have to say something that's true. Well, the word of God is truth. So I want to encourage myself. You know, if the Bible says he daily loads me with benefits, I'm thinking, I may not feel like it. See, it doesn't come down to a feeling. It comes down to the facts of the scripture. But if I start speaking the word, it will edify your spirit. Pretty soon you will feel differently. Rather than depressed, rather than down, you're going to feel up. But it's a choice. So you're teaching your lips to put away things that aren't true, that aren't accurate. I don't have any friends. Well, that's a lie. Everybody, you know, folks... We, we, again, we look at things sometimes, look at their life. Their life is so perfect and my life is a mess. You know, we, we downgrade ourselves. Wrong. So you want to teach yourself not to speak things that are inaccurate. Amen? Speaking things about yourself. Let's look at Proverbs 6, verse 2. It says that you're snared by the words of your mouth. So snare is like a trap. All right? So a snare comes... And, and my, my leg is trapped, okay? I'm caught in a trap here. All right, amen? Okay, so, I've, so the words of my mouth have snared me. But there's still time to come out of the snare, amen? Then it says you're taken or actually captured then by the words of your mouth. So step one, I'm snared. I'm caught, now I have a choice. Do I want to continue on that path or do I want to change course? Do I want to be not just snared but now captured by the enemy? Or do I want to come out of the snare? Well, I want to come out of the snare. Amen? 
So we have to stop and think, you know, what's, what's going on and so forth and how we're going to speak into the situations of our lives. No one knows your life other than Jesus. No one knows your life better than you. You can take married couples and, and so forth, but still we have private lives. We've been married for 40, 44 years. We still have private lives and so forth. So you still have to deal with your life. To deal with your thoughts. Now, thoughts are thoughts, but once you start speaking all those things, I'm talking about if they're negative, you're setting, you're setting an atmosphere. There's a picture on the wall, okay, that's got a frame around it. And Hebrews says the, world's, the world was framed by the word of God. Okay? So the world's, plural, the world we see, God created the heaven and the earth. Amen? But your world also is being framed. Now, who's framing your world? It's you that are framing your world. God framed his world by the word of God. He spoke it into existence. He spoke life. He spoke good. And everything was good that God did. So anything bad out here, you see, is from the devil. But now you can, you've got a frame that is your, your world. That's your life. So you're speaking into your life. Now, I'll tell you, because Jesus loves you, everything he's going to speak over you is good. Amen. Everything he's going to speak over you because he loves you is good. He just loves you with an everlasting love. And there's nothing that can change that love. And the Bible says there's nothing that can separate you from that love. There's not anything you can do. It's, it's steadfast. It's eternal. So now we have to embrace that love and also then speak into our own lives. See, when I teach my mouth, I realize I've said things, you know, to myself. That was a dumb thing to do. Well, it might have been a dumb thing to do, but I think could have said maybe something better. You could do better, Dave. You could do this or that. See, we're all just people, right? We all can get snared. But let's come out of the snares so we're not captured by the devil and then, and then held captive. So you can frame your world... Listen, you can frame your marriage if you're married, how you talk to each other, how you relate to that. You can frame your relationship with your kids, how you talk to each other, how you treat your children. You can frame that relationship. If your relationship is always like, you'll never amount to anything. You're doing this. It's always negative, negative, negative. Well, that's your relationship then. But you can change that by your words. That doesn't happen overnight. Obviously, words are like seeds. So if you've planted... A lawn full of thistles, you've got some thistles you've got to deal with for a while. We pulled some thistles out the other day. Those things got little prickers on them, I tell you. You don't want to just handle them with your hand because like, ouch. You know, they do a number on you. So you, you, if you've planted the weeds, you have to deal with that, of course. See, it's not just like we wave a magic wand and now everything's perfect in my life. No. Now it's a process to improve. By the words we speak. Amen? Amen. See, there's things, this, this, uh, just how you speak to people in general. People in the world, and we've all come out of the world, but by and large have just been beat down. They're told, they're told how poor they are, how they're not intelligent, you can't do this job, you can't do this or that or whatever. 
or I've, I've seen that in athletics. I've seen someone with tremendous potential, but no one ever fed into their life. So they never believed in themselves. Tremendous potential, but never achieved much. How you speak now, listen, how you speak to you, your spouse, or to your kids, or to your family, how you speak is important. So ever think of this when you're talking on the phone, can you tell if somebody's smiling? You kind of can. You know, you can be talking, you can use the exact same words, but you can also tell if they're smiling on the other end, if, they, if, they're, if they're with you or not. You know, I think, let me just rabbit trail a second. I love social media. I think there's a lot happening by it. I mean, we're, we're reaching the world with that and hundreds of people every week on, on media and so forth. And we're, we're thankful for those things. But there's nothing better. I mean, if, if, you, if you can only text, you can only text. But if you can talk, call someone and, and hear their voice, that's better. And if you can see their face, that's better yet. Now, maybe that's just on the computer, but at least you can see their face. But then the best is see their face in person. Face-to-face contact. To talk face-to-face. You know, people can have conversation. You know, they're just talking. They're doing all kinds of other stuff. And so they're talking and so forth. But the best conversation is when you're face-to-face. It's like, you have my attention. The same with kids, too. Talking to them face-to-face. Isn't that right? So you inspire people. You inspire yourself. You're inspired, then you can inspire others. Amen? All right, let's look at Proverbs 15. So I'm going to quick go through something. Take a pen and paper. Well, you've got something in the bullets in there, some notes and so forth. But Proverbs 15, too. The tongue of the wise uses the word, uses knowledge rightly. So the t- now, just, just say it with me. Say, I'm wise. All right. We're on the same page then. So your tongue will use the word rightly. And that's what you want to do as Christians. We're Christians. And so we're, we're operating by a different code, by a different uh, uh, manuscript than the world, all right? So the world's ruled by the devil. Christians were ruled by Jesus Christ. So the tongue of the wise is going to use that word rightly, where the mouth of fools pours out foolishness. And, you know, there's a lot of people that just say, oh, I can't believe that stuff, what you, words, and so I can't believe it. You don't have to believe it. But your life will be a mess. And you have a choice. You have a choice how you want to paint your life. You have a choice what you want to put in your frame. So you want to use the word rightly. Then Proverbs 15, verse 4, says a wholesome tongue. A wholesome tongue is a healthy tongue, all right, is a tree of life. So this healthy tongue brings life. That's good, right? So your healthy tongue is speaking life to you all the time. It's like a tree of life, all right? Perverseness in it breaks the spirit. So perverseness continues to break you down. A healthy tongue continues to build you up. Now, every, any person I would talk to would obviously agree to say, yeah, I want to I wanna be encouraged. I want to be up. And that's good. So then we have to do it, though, in right ways. And this is one of the ways. It's just how you speak to yourself. Amen? So this healthy tongue brings life. So myself, you have to understand, I, every day I'm not just on a mountaintop. I'm not just floating out here in the clouds. 
No, I'm, I've, I've, just like you, I do normal things, mundane things, and so forth. And so you go through life, you mow the lawn, or you move snow in that season, or whatever you're doing, you have to do things. You pay bills, and you have, to, you have down moments. Everybody has down moments. We're just people, right? We're just people. So knowing that I'm going to face that, I want to continue to build a habit with my mouth to speak life into me. So it's, so it's a habit. So all the more than when I'm down or discouraged, my mouth can speak something that will bless me. Amen? See, it's, it's just recognizing reality. The reality is we're all in battles. The reality is... I have issues like you have issues, okay? That's reality. So now let's go into the supernatural realm. How are we going to deal with that? How am I going to encourage myself? And it's great like this. We're here today. God bless you because you're encouraging one another, sharing. That's wonderful. That's what fellowship is supposed to be. We're made to have it that way. Yeah. Let me quick rabbit trail. This, is very, this whole thing of the pandemic is all demonic. There's nothing, there's nothing of God about this pandemic. Nothing. He is not in any of it. It's very sad, you know, as I was visiting with somebody the other day in a, in a nursing home. And they have them sequestered. They see nobody. Great depression. Great sadness. They don't even, they don't even see other residents. They're fed in their room. He said it's like prison. Only prison food might even be better. And we sat at the phone. We talked. Tears. Isolation, folks. People, God did not make people to be isolated. People are to be around people. People are to associate with people. People are to talk with people. People are to visit with people face to face. Separating families, doing all that. That's all the devil. That's why we're constantly praying for endings to these things. People should see people. Amen. Incidentally, let me just say this. If you ever feel down, discouraged, I'm not even going to get out of bed. I'm not going to go to church. Well, you know, that's the devil. I'll guarantee you, get out of bed and go to church, something good will happen. Something good will happen. If you, you can, I don't care how low you are. Just put on your clothes. Get, get here or, you know, whatever. Just get there and something will happen. I guarantee it will happen through the music. I'll guarantee someone else will greet you, bless you. And all of a sudden, well, that wasn't such a rotten day. Pretty good day. It's always good to get up. Get up. Get out of bed. Whatever. Wash your face. Brush your teeth. Whatever. Get up. Have some cereal and so forth. Get on. I don't care how you feel. Get on with your day. Day. Amen. All right. Proverbs fifteen seven. The lips of the wise. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge. So my lips are, are, God created now my mouth to disperse truth. Now remember, we're created in the image of God. So we all went through the fall of man, all right? So we've been, been in sin, all right? But now he wants us to learn again that our lips of Christians, wise people, should disperse truth. The heart of the fool doesn't do it. So the fool, again, the fool is the one that says, ah, I don't need to be in the Bible. I don't believe all that stuff. No, nah, I don't think I have to. I don't have to do it. And you don't have to do it. You can live it. You can have it your way. You can live your life your way. God will let you live any way you want. 
But if you want to be blessed, if you want life in your life, then you need to do things his way. And it always saddens me, people that aren't in the Bible and so forth, they say, why did God do this? I'm thinking, you are a fool. Look at the word. You are a fool. You're acting like God should just respond to your whims when your old mouth is doing all kinds of other stuff, acting like you can, and you're nothing but a big old fool. And God knows it. He's got big shoulders. You can say anything you want to him, but he sure knows it. I think the Holy Spirit's grieved. It's like, hope they get in the Bible. Hope they start doing what I asked them to do. You can change your life and situations. Folks, we've been through major hardship in our lives. We've been through difficulties. We've been through times that in the night, I think, I wish it was morning. And it was day, I think, I'd like to just go to sleep. I wish I'd hear a good report. I wish I could see an answer. We should have a prancer prayer. But we encourage ourselves personally to each other with our kids. Even one time Angela in her bedroom said we went in there and she had been in pain and calcium sores oozing on her arm and different things like that. And then she said, well, I'm, I'm ready to just go to be a Jesus, ready to give up. Spirit of death was in her bedroom. And that's where she was at. She was just tired of fighting. And we were by her bedside. We were on our knees. And something rose up and he says, no, you're not. You're not leaving now. You have every reason to live. You have a blessed life. Now, her life looked pretty bad. But we started speaking truth again. You have a blessed life. You are a blessed girl. And God's bringing you out of this. And just a, the whole atmosphere in the room changed. Her condition was still a grave condition, but the atmosphere changed. How you frame your world. You remember that? That was big. You know, lips of the wise are going to disperse knowledge, truth. Amen? Proverbs fifteen twenty three. Incidentally, Proverbs is full of stuff. You know, we used to read the, chap, the chapter, Proverbs 31, chapter, read a chapter a day corresponding to the day of the month. In addition to your other stuff, but you're going to feed yourself wisdom. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. How about that? So you, your mouth is going to produce joy in your life. Now listen, a word spoken in due season, how good it is. So in other words, a man has joy by the answer. You're answering your circumstances. All right? Your circumstances are beckoning out here all kinds of negative things usually. So you're giving an answer to your circumstances. A man shall have joy by the answer. You're answering something. Your mouth will produce joy by your answer to your circumstances. And the word in season, well, what, what do you, when you need it most, right? So what, what do you need today or what, what do you need in your life? That's the word in season. So, so you're taking scriptures, scriptures applied, applicable to write to your life. In other words, if I need, if I need a prescription from the doctor, and, and, it's, and it's, so, so if, I have, if I have a sore throat, it, it'd be, you know, he's not going to give me a cancer medicine, right? I don't need cancer medicine. Maybe I might need, if I have strep throat, I might need an antibiotic. It's applicable to the need. 
So the word becomes applicable to the season you're in or to your circumstances. And it's a word spoken, spoken, not thought, but a word spoken at that time. You've answered your circumstances. Now you're speaking the word in there and it says it's good. It will produce joy. So if we, if we apply the scripture, we understand it's like, this isn't like a, well, I'll, I'll try it once. Why don't you just give in, give in your pride and just say, oh, you know, I'm just going to do this, period. I'm going to be a praiser. I'm going to be a worshiper. Incidentally, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. That's a whole nice deal, isn't it? I'll take that exchange any day. So give in to your pride and just say, you know, I, I'm just going to start doing things God's way. I'm going to quit being negative. I'm going to quit being pessimistic. I'm going to teach my tongue to do what's right. Turn to your neighbor and say, he might be talking to you. (laughs) He might be talking to you. All right. Proverbs 16, verse 23. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth. So so it's, it's on us. Most people want to think, well, I'm wise. Good. All right. So you're going to teach your mouth. And you're going to add learning to your lips, all right? So our tongue gets saved with us now. Hallelujah. So we're going to teach our mouth. And you're going to give your lips something to speak. You're going to add learning to your lips. How do most people learn in school? You learn something the first time, then you go over it, and you go over it, and you go over it, and the rest of your life you use it, right? Like I tell tell my grandkids, you're going to use arithmetic the rest of your life. You're going to read the rest of your life. You're going to have science the rest of your life. All these things you can use for the rest of your life. This isn't just to get through this semester. No, this is, these are things you can use for the rest of your life. Same with Scripture. So I'm still... Boy, the more I learn, the more I realize I need to learn that I'm really... It's like, wow, I feel like a child, you know, the more you see how big God is. So I'm going to add learning to my lips. I'm going to give my lips something to speak. That's why I'm in the Bible each day. Be surprised how many days God's just saying to me, Dave, don't say that. Dave, say this. Or gives me food. Food to use. (laughs) Right? You feed your physical self, feed your spiritual man. All right, Proverbs 18.20. Your mouth, a man's stomach will satisfy the fruit of his mouth. Your mouth will bless your life. All right? From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Now, this last statement is good or bad. The produce of his lips. So the production of your lips is going to fill your life. So that can be good, hallelujah, or it could be bad. That's a choice, though, because it's my tongue, right? It's my tongue, so I'm going to add learning to my lips, you know, and so forth. I want my mouth to bless me. So... I want, notice the produce or the abundance. I want the abundance to be speaking right. Now, verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it, love the tongue, what it's speaking is going to eat its fruit. Now, the fruit is either going to be death or life. And it can be a combination of both. I understand that. But if I have a choice, I want to speak more life than death. Right? Now, again, understand me, we can all get discouraged and, boy, we down, you know, and so forth. And we say some things and this and that. And then you realize, I want to get out of that snare. 
I don't, I don't want to go any farther than that snare. I want to stop this right now and turn around and start speaking life. Because that's what I want to be filled. I want to be filled up with life. Right? So I want to start encouraging myself with life. Now, I want you to notice that there's power, power in the tongue. We love the power of the Holy Ghost and all this and that. And that's, that's true. Power in the Holy Ghost. But you have power in your tongue. Just talking about everyday life here, things that we say. Remember, remember those old things, you, maybe some of you are too young, you know, but people say, don't cry over spilled milk. Or, you know, there's things that aren't worth the effort to get all upset and bent out of shape on. Amen. I've done that. I've been, I've been at sometimes I felt like a lousy parent, you know, said something to the kids, and I thought, and then, of course, the devil says, you're a bad dad. Of course, the devil's always good that way. He gets you to say something bad, and then he tells you you're bad about it. And then, of course, you realize, no, I'm not, it's not a big deal. That's okay. Sorry, kids. That's okay. Don't worry about it. It's all right. You know You know what I mean? Amen. People get so... It's like we'd have a, we'd get a, we've had a number of new cars and so forth in our life, and you think, oh, that's a nice new car. And within two weeks, there's a, nice, there's a scratch on it from the bike in the garage or something. And I thought, okay, it's used. What are you going to do? Are you going to make a big deal about something that shouldn't be a big deal? Right? I mean, you're going to haul off the body shop to get them that little that scratch fix, or are you going to say, oh, well, it's life. Kids are kids, right? That's, that's how it is. But how we react to it, how we speak to things, are important. Amen? So... There's a lot of things like that. And it's, you got to use the power of your tongue. Use the power of your tongue the right way. If you make a mistake, what do you do? I'm sorry. Right? Kids are pretty smart. Right? Kids are smart. Just say, I'm sorry. Make, make a mistake at work or something. If you got upset at someone, then you can say, I'm sorry. You know, and then just repair it. Go on. All right? So, so you have power... And I'm going to say the power of life is in your tongue. The power of life is in your tongue. Proverbs 21, verse 23. Guard. Guard. So being in athletics and so forth, we were mouth guards. Mouth guards was to protect your teeth and so forth. But, but spiritually, you need to wear a mouth guard. You need to protect your mouth. All right? You need to keep your mouth... If you keep your tongue, you're going to keep your soul from troubles. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need a mouth guard. <laughs> you need a mouth guard. A mouth guard will keep your soul from troubles. Right? So you put in the mouth guard. You know, you wear it in there. People think, oh, it's not very comfortable. You can do what you want. Folks, now they're wearing mouth guards in basketball. I tell my grandkids, wear mouth guards. Papa, no, it doesn't, it doesn't feel comfortable. Just wear it. I can't breathe as well. Of course you can. I've lived this all my life. You know. Put it in the teeth guards. You might talk a little bit different. So what? Spiritually, I want to wear a mouth guard all the time. Why? Because the devil wants to smash me. He doesn't like you or me because you're created in the image of God. He doesn't like people in general because we're created in the image of God, but especially Christians, all right? So I want to wear a mouth guard because when issues of life come up and you're tempted to say something that you'll regret, you got a mouth guard in there thinking, I'm going to keep my soul from trouble. 
Okay, in other words, I'm not going to make it bigger than what it already is. If you add fuel to a fire, the fire is going to keep burning, right? So I don't want to make it bigger. I want it to diminish. Right? So, so keep your mouth where mouth guards. Now, absorb the word of God. Luke says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So put in your heart. It's like input in a computer. You have to, if you want something out of it, you have to put something into it. All right? So you, you input into your life the word of God by reading it, studying it, so forth. So you're filling your, your heart, spiritual heart, with things that are good, and then that's what will come out. When I hear my life, when I, hear, I listen to myself... When I hear things come out that aren't good, I realize, whoa, we need some more fuel. Or check the oil. If the engine light goes on, the red light, you do what? You check your oil, right? You check to say, we need, your common sense says you need more oil. Remember the light I was in Africa, the car? Every, every light on the dashboard, and it was constantly, you know, because I'm in the back seat, and there, we'd already had breakdowns. And, Shouldn't we stop? And it's all fine. It's fine, Pastor. It's fine. Shouldn't we stop? What about that light? No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I was like on needles in the back seat, you know. And, and of course, sure enough, we broke down again and stuff. But all those lights are telling you something. So out of the abundance of the heart, then I realize, okay, I need, I need the Holy Ghost. I need your help praying in tongues and so forth and the Word of God. Folks, if we do this, uh, this, is, this isn't a, like a one-day deal. I mean, this is our life, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm in this all the time. You are too. This is, this is how we do things. But if we do it, if we start applying it, we're going to teach our mouths to speak things that are right. First, it's going to bless you. Second of all, if you're married, it'll bless your spouse. Third, it'll bless your children. Fourth, it'll bless your friends. Fifth, it'll bless your coworkers. Look at the pessimism in the world. Isn't it amazing? The world is just just filled with negativity and pessimists. And, and, of course, now we're in an election year and all kinds of things. Folks, it's so good that we can speak about Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Jesus. He's my king. He's my Lord. He's the one who my trust is in. Amen? We all live in different countries, different places and so forth. But your trust has to be in Jesus Christ. Your trust has to be in Jesus Christ. There is no such thing as, as a country as God's country. No, no, no such thing. We claim the ground we're on. Our trust is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in him. Amen. And then we influence the countries in which we're in. Amen. Now just say with me, say, I can do this. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. Tell them it's not complicated. And you start today. All right, so let's lift our heads as we're doing that. We're going to lift our tongue. So thank you, Lord, today for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for Scripture. And thank you, Lord, for helping us to teach our lips to speak what's right. Help us to frame our worlds with your word, Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you for the power that you give us to speak life. Power, tremendous power that the Holy Spirit uses. Thank you for the power that's in our tongues as we speak your word, Lord. And I pray blessings on everybody here. I pray blessings on their tongue, Lord. The things that come out of their mouth, that it would be edifying, that it would bring glory to you, Lord Jesus. 
Lord, that it would bring a, a, a blessing to people around them at their job, at their work, in their homes, that, that the atmosphere would be fresh with life, fruitful life from the words that are spoken. Lord, I thank you for the power of a compliment, that we will become complimenters to other people, speaking compliments to them, blessings to them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this. And I just thank you for your touch now. And each one of us, Lord, help us to grow in this, Lord, that we may be encouraged to reach more in the world for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.